Hello, everyone, and welcome to So I've Heard, the student government podcast for the students. If you have any questions or would like to reach out, feel free to email us at the link down below. Our guest today is Philip Estipe, a graduate student here at, the, at NDSU studying uh, behavioral science. Hey, Philip, how are you? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, glad to have you on the show today. Yeah, happy to be here. So you're a graduate student here at NDSU. Uh, did you do your undergrad at NDSU? No, I went to uh, Clemson University in South Carolina for my undergrad, um, and I got my Bachelor of Science in Psychology there. Uh, I graduated in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your experience uh, at Clemson like? Was it similar to NDSU, different? Uh, I think it was, you know, it's totally different region uh, of the U.S. Like NDSU, they have a huge uh, football culture at, at Clemson University, so I was lucky to go to um, Clemson for my undergrad, um, and NDSU both who have multiple championships under the belt. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, lots of school spirit at both universities. Okay. Um, so what got you interested in psychology? You had said you got your bachelor of science in it. Yeah. Um, I think it was just something that piqued my interest coming out of high school and going into college. You know, you take the, the requisite classes, so you get exposed to a variety of of um, different subjects, and the psychology was just one that really interested me. Okay. And then grad school, what, what was the, the idea behind that? Because I think that's grad school, we all know what it is, but we don't know why, why grad school, I guess, is where I'm going with all of this. Yeah, I think that's uh, the case for a lot of students, uh, especially in undergrad, right? You hear about grad school and it seems like a, uh, you know, like the next step um, if you're not ready to enter uh, the job market or the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot more to it than that. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around grad school. And of course, you know, the academic landscape has changed a lot over the past 10, 20 years um, for undergraduate and grad school. Okay. What is, what has your, uh, like, experience within grad school been like so far? Uh, it's been a great experience. Um, transitioning from undergrad to grad school um, wasn't a direct process for me, so I uh, graduated from Clemson University in 2011, and then I worked for uh, uh, several years um, uh, as a mental health clinician, so it is substance abuse counseling mm-hmm. uh, in Virginia. Um had a couple of other odd jobs, uh, just kind of gained some uh, workforce experience uh, between undergrad and grad school. And I think that's typical for a lot of uh, students um, in graduate school where they have had prior work experience. Mm-hmm. So you said you were in the job field already. So what made you want to go back to grad school and get um, a doctorate, correct? Or yeah. Okay. Doctorate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the, uh, the PhD program here in the developmental science program. Uh, it's, uh, it was partially, uh, kind of the desire to learn more. So, you know, in under, in undergrad studies, in my undergrad studies, it was, um, kind of like I, I wanted to continue my education, but there's also the reality of, of needing to get a job and to balance other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, so in the meantime, I got married, um, uh, had a work with my wife and she also had a uh, you know uh, career pursuits that we had to balance so mm-hmm. it's a lot of other factors that, that that come into play but uh 
while I was working uh, as a mental health clinician, I saw uh, that a lot of the programs that I implemented, um, a lot of the things that came from the top down, uh, uh, I just had an interest in being a part of that. So developing the programs that you use, mm -hmm. um, doing the research that people in the workforce force translate uh, uh, in their work. Uh, or into their work, so mm -hmm. uh, it was just kind of a, a desire to to learn more and to be a part of that world. Okay, well, I think there's definitely a, a noble pursuit um, to go from not only just implementing the ideas, but to creating them and yeah. and having that background and that knowledge base um, to know how to create them. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's I think that's actually really fascinating. Um, so within graduate school. Um, I think that it, it's very, very different from undergrad. Uh, so, like, what what does a normal day for you look like within within grad school? Uh, I say some things are, are, are definitely different, and, and some things are, are fundamentally the same. Mm -hmm. um, so, a typical day, uh, you know, I don't think there is a is a typical day in grad school because you're always working on, you know, a new project or uh, you have some exam coming up or a paper to get done or uh, some research or data entry. Um, so the similarities between undergrad and grad school are, are I think, what, what people are going to be familiar with. It's, you know, if you enjoyed being an undergrad student, um, you're likely to enjoy being a graduate student. If you enjoyed um, time management and if you enjoyed the challenge of uh writing a paper and uh, learning new information and applying it uh, and kind of refining your, uh, your knowledge base and skills, then uh, you'll, you'll probably enjoy grad school. Um, so the typical activities are uh, meeting with your advisor mm -hmm. uh, and just getting your work done. So you've got a lot of flexibility compared to undergrad where uh, you don't have anything on the uh, agenda for the day, so you don't typically have classes scheduled every day. Mm -hmm. So you'll typically have a few free days to just get your work done. And so you have to be responsible enough to come to campus or work in your uh, home office and uh, manage that time responsibly uh, so that you can get your work done. Yeah. I think those are all definitely skills that are applicable just to life in general. I think it, it, it's, it feels very much like grad school is a different kind of beast than than the undergrad experience. Um, yeah, yeah, grad school is, is work. And that's how I've always looked at it. Like this is, you know, my job um, mm -hmm. to be a grad student. And, you know, the tasks are different from month to month or semester to semester. But, you know, ultimately you have to put in the hours to get it done in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, so within grad school, what are you working on now? What is your main focus? Uh, a couple of things. So uh, developmental science, you know, it's a study of, of development uh, and, and change uh, over time um, uh, in people. And, you know, that it's, a, it's an interdisciplinary field. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a pretty wide range of, of topics that you could study in. And currently, uh, the two uh, topics I'm looking at are uh, falls prevention for older adults mm -hmm. because I'm uh, pursuing the gerontology double major. 
so that's one aspect of it. Uh, and another aspect is uh, farm stress and um, uh, farm and restaurant ranch stress. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're two kind of separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I carve out about equal time for both of them. Okay. I guess we'll just start with the uh, the fall prevention. So what what does that look like from a from a grad student perspective? Yeah, so part of it is just kind of uh, wrapping your head around uh, the issue. So understanding what the issue is when mm-hmm. it comes to the falls and falls prevention and, and older adults. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you're not familiar with it, it seems like uh, – you know, kind of a, a really niche topic to uh, study or, or, or be interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look at the data and you see that, you know, one out of three uh, adults 65 years and older uh, has a fall each year and that uh, falls and fall-related injuries are the leading cause of death for uh, older adults uh, in most states. So when you look at the demographic data and how big of a uh, health issue um uh, falls are, uh, then you can really get into the topic. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's typically a totally preventable thing. There's a lot that people can do to to prevent falling. Um, you know, looking at trip hazards, uh, definitely building muscle uh, strength and uh, uh, improving their balance. Mm-hmm. Um, working with the primary care provider on medication management, seeing a vision expert. So there's a lot of different kind of components that go into uh, reducing fall risk in older adults that you can research. Okay. No, because I think that's something that doesn't necessarily get talked about all that much. And the the ways that it can be prevented and more managed, at least it sounds like it's something that is very preventable. Yeah. So there, there are great programs out there um, designed to do just that, reduce fall risk. And it's not something that, <clears throat> as a young adult, especially as an undergrad student, um, you, that you're familiar with typically unless you have um, older parents or grandparents who have had a fall, um, mm-hmm. then it becomes a very real issue. And especially if you're in the, like, the 65-plus uh, age group, then you become very familiar with the topic. Okay. And your other topic or your other uh, area of pursuit that you were uh, working within is the farm stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what is uh, farm stress, first of all? Yeah, so, so farm stress is, is just that. It's the, the stress uh, that you experience uh, being a farmer or a rancher um, mm-hmm. that comes with the job. It's um, nothing new to that occupation. Uh, it's always been a demanding job, and it, it ranks in the top 10 most stressful jobs, um, you know, year after year, mm-hmm. um, just by nature of the work. I think that there could be something to said be said about that because farming is so much more than just a job. It's your livelihood. Yeah, yeah. Farming is is if you're a farmer or rancher, that's that's your life. Um, it's your life. It's your lifestyle. It's your community. Um, so yeah, it's more than just a nine to five where you can separate those two things. Um, you know, home life versus work life. It's all uh, kind of farm and ranch life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that you know, you're especially susceptible to the stresses and and anxieties that come about when um, things don't go so well um, on your farm or ranch uh, operation. Mm -hmm. So what has that uh, research been like um, looking at farm stress? 
Um, it's been uh, a lot of just kind of uh, outreach and, and education, um, uh, kind of educating people who are not part of that community about um, the issues that the farm and ranch community faces. And then also making sure that people who are a part of the farm and ranch community have access to the resources and information that they need to um, deal with uh, the stresses that can come along with the job. Mm -hmm. um, so mental health care in, in these rural communities or ag communities um, is typically not as abundant as in uh, the bigger cities. So you might not have access to uh, mental health care. Um, there's also the stigma around reaching out for help um, and uh, taking care of uh, kind of those, those mental health aspects, mm -hmm. you know, as, as well as health in general. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, why do you think that the that stigma surrounding mental health, at least in, in farming communities, exists? Um, I feel like the conversation in the last 10, 5, 10 years has really grown um, and been more open, I would say, to uh, having that conversation in the first place. You know, it, it feels like it's been less stigmatized. It, there still does, there, I believe there's still somewhat of a stigma around it, mm -hmm. but it's just less so than it was. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's, it's come a long ways um, in recent years uh, uh, in uh, kind of reducing that stigma. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, a big part of it is just cultural. Um, the idea that you can work yourself out of, out of any kind of issue is, is a big part uh, of the culture in a lot of rural commu communities. That If you just put in the work um, that you can solve your own problem. Uh, and that you don't need to to rely on others. So that that self reliance culture, and that that hesitancy to reach out for help, um, can uh, you know it's it's definitely uh, a strength to be self reliant mm -hmm. and to work within your community. Um, but it can also um, cause some issues when you're not reaching out for help when you need it. So I think the shift has to be um, seeing reaching out for help um, as as, as a wise thing to do, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's wisdom to realize that I can't uh, tackle this on my own and I need to bring somebody else in to help me manage this. Mm -hmm. um, I think another thing is realizing that the health and stress management is farm and ranch management. It's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're physically healthy, um, when you're mentally healthy, you can make better decisions. Um, it should be just as big of a priority as, you know, the equipment that you're using, the, the seed, the fertilizer. It's part of the operation, your personal, mental, and physical health. Mm -hmm. And has that been the conversation that's been had, that you at least has been trying to be had in, in rural communities? That kind of um, you're, you're at your best when you're your best, so let's try and make you your best. Yeah, that's definitely been the message, and I think it's, it's been uh, well-received by most. Um, I think it's just getting the, the resources out, and that's a big part of uh, mm -hmm. um, kind of the, the research that uh, I look into here at uh, NDSU. Um, the cooperative extension, you know, extension agents are in uh, every uh, uh, community. Uh, you know, they're, they're well-represented in rural areas of North Dakota, and mm -hmm. they're a valuable research resource for connecting uh, the population in rural communities 
with the the research that's being done at the universities. Um, so it's can be as simple as connecting people with uh, brochures and information on, you know, how do you recognize signs of uh, stress um, in others and, and in yourself, and then what do you do when you recognize those things? Mm-hmm. So for anyone listening, what are some of those signs to watch out for that someone may be very stressed and in need of uh, some form of help? Yeah, well, not just for, for recognizing in others, but in recognizing in yourself, um, I think uh, uh, it, it would definitely be things like uh, physical symptoms, uh, headaches, uh, tension in your back and neck, shortness of breath, uh, just physical fatigue, uh, insomnia. Um, there's also some behavioral issues like uh, overeating, uh, increase in smoking or tobacco use. Um, there's a tendency to isolate yourself from others. You know, you might have relationship challenges with your spouse or your family. Um, so I think people uh, can typically tell when something's not right, you know, when they're just not functioning at their best, and they might not immediately attribute that to stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so being aware that stress and anxiety cause these physical symptoms, I think, is important. Okay. I think that's definitely a good takeaway um, mm. from from that that research and that conversation of uh, you're not alone in this, and there's there's nothing wrong with great reaching for the right tool for the right job. You know, you wouldn't use a mm. you wouldn't use a screwdriver to drive home a nail. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big part of uh, what we try to do here uh, in extension at NDSU is um, help people. You know access those tools you know it's kind of those tools for for stress management and so we want people to have the right tools in their mental health toolbox um uh, so uh, self-care is a big part of that you know what are you doing to uh take care of these issues you know it's one thing to have the awareness of them mm-hmm. and then it's another to do something about it and you know the first step might be to uh just talk to a loved one about it, you know, that you're feeling stressed out, um, uh, that you're having these feelings, um, or contact a primary care provider in your community. They typically have access to resources and information that can help. Um, and then there's the things that you can do on a daily basis, like just taking 10 minutes out of your busy day to uh, do something that you enjoy, mm-hmm. um, something restorative, you know, whether that's uh, exercise, um, just sitting back and talking with a loved one, uh, or just sitting down and, and reflecting on, you know, what went well during your day uh, and what could be improved. Um, it's uh, eating healthy. You know, when you eat healthy, you're going to feel better. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of little uh, tools and, and, and stress management techniques that people can incorporate in their daily life to prevent uh, you know, those daily stressors that are going to happen from becoming a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So going back a little bit, um, you had mentioned that the extension office was a great resource and that this, I mean, it's admittedly a lot of North Dakota is very, uh, is rural and ag-based. So was that, did that play a role in your decision to come to NDSU? Did you know you wanted to do this, I guess? Yeah. So looking at NDSU and, and, and grad programs in general, um, you know, I knew 
you know, fundamentally that whatever I did, I wanted it to improve the, the well-being and health of, of people. I think that's true for a lot of people who uh, major in psychology as undergrad students. You know, they kind of have that, that, that gene or that, that kind of desire to just help people. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of uh, undergrad students, I think they see mental health as um, an area where they can make a direct difference in the lives of others. And that's why they pursue it. And uh, I think it's important to note that there are a lot of ways that you can help improve the lives of others. And uh, yet you might not know what they are until uh, you're in the program and you connect the issues. You know, uh, things like uh, the research that I'm doing in my topics of interest, fall prevention, farm and rural mental health, um, uh, farm stress. You know, these weren't topics that I was familiar with uh, as an undergrad student. Um, but when you look at the issues, you can really see their utility and mm-hmm. you meet that desire that you have to help people. Okay. So you came to NDSU for your grad school um, because mm-hmm. of the, the mental health aspect and wanting to make a difference with someone. Yeah, I think more so just wanting to be in a field where I can help uh, improve the lives of others, you know, their, their mental, physical health. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's a job where you understand more about human development, uh, about how people change over time. Um, and there's a lot of ways that you can, uh, you know, have a positive impact in that field. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a very noble pursuit, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I think I think part of it's, you know, definitely that noble pursuit of wanting to help out. But another thing, too, is just the reality of um, you also need to make a living and pursue uh, a career or an interest that you mm-hmm. can translate into uh, a job that's also fulfilling. And mm-hmm. I think if, you know, if you can have both of those, um, that's ideal for most people. <laughs> I, would, I would tend to agree with that, that if you if you truly do love what you're doing, it doesn't really feel like work. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd say, you know, for undergrads who are considering grad school, uh, really do your research and look at, um, you know, think outside of the box. It's not just, you know, I majored in psychology, so I have to pursue a degree in psychology, um, a graduate degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other fields out there um, that uh, ultimately improve the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Um and where you can have a, a positive impact. Okay. When you say, uh, like, researching for graduate schools, um, like, what areas should undergrads be focusing on? Like, what, what, uh, what, what did you research when you went to grad school, I guess? Uh, I definitely did a lot more research for grad school than I did in, in undergrad. I think for undergrad, um, it was just that desire to do the next step, um, you know, finish high school, and then Mm-hmm. There's that expectation to go to college, and then when you're in college, uh, you know, when you're 18 years old, uh, you have, you know, very different priorities than um, when you're, you know, 22 even, or mm-hmm. 25, or 30 years old. Your goals are going to change. Your life's going to change. So um, it's going to be kind of different things that you're looking for with grad school. It's going to be much more work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um as opposed to to being an undergrad where, you know, a big aspect of that is uh, the social life. And, um, 
not just your studies, but also the experience of uh, being with with other young adults and learning and kind of exploring what your interests really are. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a big time for growth and development. And by the time you get to grad school, um, you know, ideally you've narrowed down uh, what your occupation, uh, what you want your occupation to be. Mm-hmm. So I'd say begin with the end in mind. And by that, I mean, what career or job do you want? Mm-hmm. And then what degree or, or uh, graduate program is going to connect you with that job? Okay. So more start with what you want to do and then figure out how you're going to get to that, what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, a big difference between graduate and undergraduate studies. I think in college, a big part of it is that exploratory phase where you're figuring out what you really want to do. You know, you might come in one major and change that major, you know, five times. That's not uncommon um, before you figure out what you want. But with grad school, that's that's not it. Mm-hmm. With grad school, it's okay. This is uh, a stepping stone, a tool that I'm going to use to get me to my career, mm-hmm. uh, my ideal career or field that I want to be in. Um, and for a lot of students, graduate school isn't isn't a necessity. So you can land a great job. Uh, without going to grad school, and that's actually, you know, ideal. Um, if your undergrad degree can be a terminal degree, meaning that that degree is is what you need to find uh, uh, the job that you want, then that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely look to see if you know, do I need to go to grad school in the first place, and if I do, what's the smartest way I can go to grad school? Um, with the end in mind that this mm-hmm. is going to have to translate into a career when it's over with. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's definitely some great advice for anyone that, that would be uh, considering going into the uh, the graduate program <laughs> at any university, not just NDSU. Yeah, yeah, not just. I mean, NDSU is, is a great university, and they have some awesome graduate programs. Um, so I'd say if you can find a program at NDSU um, that fits that bill, um, it's a great choice to stay here. Um, I mean, there are some terms that I think undergraduate students should be familiar with when they're looking at grad schools. You know, understand the difference between uh, a, a terminal and a non-terminal uh, degree. Mm-hmm. You know, so do I need a master's degree or, or a PhD? And is that master's program terminal or is it non-terminal? Meaning, you know, is this master's program designed to lead into a Ph.D. program Mm -hmm. or is the master's program uh, enough? Is that what I need um, for the job that I'm looking at or the career field that I'm looking at? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a huge difference. You know, it can be the difference between, you know, one and a half years, you know, or two years for an MBA and uh, a decade long Ph.D., you know, pursuit Mm-hmm. that's going to eat up a, a big chunk of your life. Um, so th- there are huge differences and implications whether you're getting a terminal versus non-terminal degree. Uh, another thing to look at is, you know, accreditation. Mm-hmm. So is this uh, program that I'm planning on attending, is it accredited? So does the field uh, or career field that I'm looking at recognize that program as um, rigorous enough? You know, does it meet uh, the the teaching standards that they want for their students uh, mm-hmm. or for their workers to have. Um, so really doing your research on the programs um, is going to be key in saving uh, 
money and uh, time. Okay. And then within grad school, uh, at least here at NDSU, uh, just to kind of finish out, uh, finish this up, mm -hmm. uh, what have been some challenges that you you faced while at graduate school here? Maybe not necessarily research related, um, but what are what are uh, some things you've seen at grad school that have challenged you? Uh, I think uh, again, it's it's that that work life balance mm -hmm. is is going to be a constant challenge. I think no matter what, whether you go to grad school or not, or um, you know, I'm I'm married now. Uh, I got married right after my undergrad studies. Um, I have a one year old daughter, so it's a issue of you know daycare. Um, and balancing your work schedule with your home life because you don't want to be on campus all day uh, when you have a family. And then also considering, you know, your, your partner's um, goals, you know, what are they pursuing? You know, do they want to go to grad school too? How's that going to work, you know, if you both want to go to school? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the one university doesn't have both your programs. So it's, uh, I think the challenge is just balancing um, your home life, and I think it becomes a lot more important too. After uh, after you're done with uh, your undergrad studies, home life becomes a lot more important, and, uh, and that's also a protective factor because I don't get as stressed out about uh, schoolwork anymore, knowing that you know things at home are all right, mm -hmm. um, and it's more about uh, just finding a good balance. So I think if those things are out of balance, then then grad school can definitely be a stressor. Okay. You know, if you can't manage your home life with your with your school life, then, you know, it's going to lead to issues in both areas. Okay. I think there's definitely uh, some uh, good advice just uh, to go beyond grad school into life is that if you don't have that balance um, and it get, if things get out of balance, it's it's hard to uh, to stay on top of everything. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a huge uh, influence. And then when you're researching your uh, graduate program, making sure that they understand that too. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so a question you might ask grad school is, is, you know, are you family friendly? Um, you know, how does, uh, how is the work-life balance for most of your students? And if you have faculty that understand that, mm -hmm. um, that's going to be, I think, a, a much better program for you. That's one of the great things about uh, the developmental science program here. You know, it, it is the study of, 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 of human development over time. And, and a lot of the faculty, I think, are, are aware that um, your 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 home life and your uh, schoolwork you know have to balance out, and mm -hmm. they realize how important it is to to offer a well-rounded program for their students. Sure, of course. Um, I guess we'll we'll wrap things up here. But uh, before we go, um, are there any uh, shout-outs or any events you'd like to spotlight um, here on So I've Heard? Um, you know, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'd say for more information on uh, farm and ranch stress, uh, go visit NDSU's uh, uh, farm stress webpage. Web so just Google NDSU uh, farm stress and you, you'll find the, the website with uh, a lot more information and resources uh, that you can link to um, or look at for your own uh, uh, understanding. So uh, definitely a great resource for people. Okay. Well, uh, I've been Jordan, and uh, this has been Philip. Uh, thank you for joining in, and uh, I will see you all in the next episode. All right. Goodbye, everyone.